0: Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. My name is Liz, yeah, and I'm one of the pastors here. Um, we are in our second week of Advent, as you can see with our two lit candles. And if you haven't yet checked out the Advent devotional, I would, um, I would invite you to that. It's, like some, it's a daily thing. You can access it on vineyardusa.org. Slash Advent. And it's a daily devotional. You can jump in at any time. You don't, it's not like sequential, it's kind of a daily thought for you each day. So go ahead, join in on the devotional. It's a great way to center yourself this season. Um, the word Advent it means arrival. And that's what we are celebrating and remembering is the arrival of Jesus in the flesh as a baby, and we celebrate that what he uh, becomes, he also redeems, right? Jesus becomes one of us, and he redeems us. And then we look forward to the second coming of Jesus when he will arrive again and finish that redemption, and it will be complete. So that's the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. That is what we are focusing on. Can you remember a recent surprise that you received? Maybe good, maybe bad, but a recent surprise. I'll tell you about one of mine. Um, last year, for my birthday, um, I I was able to sleep in, you know. The kids are all playing, and and I come down the hall, and my birthday gifts are already set up on the kitchen table, you know, with my cards all placed out, which I love, right? And I go there, and then I see that there's kind of like a big, a bigger package uh, on this pile of cards and gifts, and I think like. I don't know what that is. You know, I I wasn't very specific about what I wanted for my birthday. Um, You know, usually it's like a necklace or something cute the girls picked out. Uh, But I thought, that's really curious. I wonder what that big present is. So as I start to unwrap it, it, it's a a big box, it's white, and I start to unwrap the middle, and I see this black circle, and it's a iRobot vacuum. Okay? And uh, I didn't quite know how to respond. I was thinking, you know, I didn't really ask for this. I have never really thought about this. You know, and I'm very conscious of my emotions at that moment being very nothing because all my kids are peering in and, oh, mom, what's mom gonna think about this gift she just got, you know? Birthdays are such a big deal to kids. And I, I'm waiting, I know that everyone's waiting for me to like erupt in excitement, but I have no idea what to think about this gift I just <laughs> received. Um, and so I kind of start going into question mode, like, oh, Dan, you know, like, what inspired you to get me this gift? You know, what, it, what is it? What does it do? This looks like a nice household appliance, but um, I've never really considered getting myself one before. And so it was a little bit of a mixed bag, right? I wasn't sure what to think about this gift. And so I'm trying to, like, recover from my lack of response. And I'm like, okay, girls, well, maybe we'll just open it and, you know, use it and see what it does, you know? Um, Because Dan put a lot of thought into going to Costco and buying me this household gift. Um, And after a couple weeks of using it uh, regularly, I will admit that it is hands down one of my favorite gifts I have ever received. (laughs) And I didn't know it. I I didn't know what to think about it. I was caught off guard by this vacuum gifted to me. Um, But since then, I mean, Dan does know that my level of happiness might be connected to the level of cleanliness in my house. Okay, I've worked on that some, okay, but having kids, like, it's just a lose-lose situation. I mean, you just never can, like, catch up fast enough while they eat and dispose of crumbs on the floor, And so I use my Roomba every single day. I tell everybody about it. Even this week, I was getting my hair cut, and I had bought uh, a used rug from the lady that cuts my hair. So we were talking about rugs, and she's talking about she has a semi-shag rug in her kids' room, and I was like, I do too. And she's like, I hate vacuuming it, because you have to pick up the vacuum and then pull it back, and it's like impossible. And I was like, you need a Roomba, because you know what? The Roomba just goes over that rug, and it's no big deal. You don't have to do that vacuum pull thing anymore. Um, So if you ever want to have a plug for a Roomba, I am your girl. Um, But surprises can be like that. They They can be positive, negative. They can come with a mixed bag of emotions. And the first Christmas was full of surprises, especially to a woman named Mary. When we are surprised with things, especially the mixed bag kind of things, we can feel uncertain, right? We can feel unstable. We might have questions. We might fear because things are outside of our control that interrupt our life and kind of catch us off guard. And Mary is a courageous figure in our Christmas story who stands in the midst of experiencing fear as the angel interrupts her life story and she says yes to God's plan given to her. And this Advent, we get to face our fears right alongside the very real characters of Christmas. So Mary, we're gonna talk about Mary this morning and the risk that Mary took, the risk of Mary. Now Mary, she was a young, poor, Jewish woman from an obscure village named Nazareth. And uh, scholars think that she was probably around 13, maybe upwards of 16 but in that range. And we can imagine that uh, Mary might have been busy around her family house, doing household chores, or maybe she was sleeping at night, or maybe she was taking a walk, uh, meditating, praying um, outside when the angel Gabriel shows up and interrupts her life. He appears to her. Now appearing to her would in and of itself be scary, right? It would be very startling if an angel appears to you. Now it could have been in her dreams, it could have been in person, we don't exactly know. Um, But this angel Gabriel appears to her and starts informing her of how she has been chosen by God. She's highly favored and God has an invitation of a a new trajectory, a new plan for her life. And Mary, she's a a faithful Jewish woman, right? She, She knows the Torah, which is the first five books of our Bible. And she knows that when God has appeared to people in the past, in generations past, that it's no small deal right? When God interrupts your life, there's some very real consequences on the other side of that experience. You know, she knows the story of Abraham. She knows how God appeared to Abraham and told him to give up everything. You know, give up your security, give up your livelihood, the land that your family dwells in, and go to this unknown land that God was going to give him. She probably knows the story of of Jonah, the prophet, who was told by God, go to Nineveh and tell them about me. Preach to those defiant people about me. And he says, well, I'm going to board about this way. See ya. And she knows uh, kind of the, the story that unfolds in his detour of being swallowed by a whale until he finally submits to God's plan she knows the story of joseph and how he was sold into slavery by his brothers right and he was thrown into prison again and he had lots of hardship but she also knows the miraculous work of god when he is risen up to the ranks of one of the highest in all the land of egypt and then later when he sees his brothers they come back And he has the opportunity to um, get rid of them, to kill them, and he extends forgiveness instead. She knows the work of God in the history of her people. And in just a blink of an eye, when the angel appears to her, like she probably has lots of those stories just flash through her mind of like, oh... I know what this means. I know what it means when God says, hey, I'm going to interrupt your life. I have something for you. God has plans that end up being kind of risky, right? Because they're challenging assignments. They don't always just get packaged up in the complete comfort of how we want to live. And Mary she was on the path for a pretty easy life. She had it all going for her, right? She's this good Jewish girl. She's loyal to God, faithful to her family, and she's about to get married. So the trajectory of her life is set. She's secure. She has a great spouse that she's gonna marry. You know, she has a good life set up for her future. And let's listen in to this interruption that the angel um, has for her. In Luke 1, 28 through 33, it'll be up on the screen, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then the angel goes on, to explain a little bit about this plan, that it's going to be a supernatural conception, and that the Holy Spirit will come over her and overshadow her to accomplish this plan, and that she will have a son, he will be holy, and she is to call him Jesus, the Son of God. Now, the biggest surprise of this whole encounter is that Mary consented to this plan. She said yes. With a simple line of acceptance, she said yes to God's crazy interruption. She says this, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She gave God her yes in that moment. And this yes meant a whole new risk-taking journey for Mary. It wasn't a simple situation. So she was going to be conceiving out of wedlock, which was not how her society worked, not how Jewish society worked, not even how God's law worked. And this plan of God would, would bring into question her engagement and her marriage to joseph and the whole community would start to talk and to gossip and to question and maybe to the point of insisting punishment for mary because she is now pregnant outside of marriage and she would have to leave this encounter and go talk to Joseph and tell him, and try to convince him that this real supernatural encounter really did just happen. And that is why she will be pregnant. She's endangering her her security and her future, because now Joseph has the grounds to divorce her um, by her being pregnant, because she's not claiming that this pregnancy was a violation of any sorts. That would be the only way that she would be able to escape a punishment in her society. There were very real consequences for Mary saying yes to God's plan. She also knew, like, not everyone's gonna believe me about this miraculous encounter, this miraculous conception. Would you believe Mary? It's hard. It's hard to think about the real Mary in her real context, not just Mary in our manger scene, so delicate and peaceful, as if these real-life situations weren't waiting for her on the other side of Gabriel leaving. And many would assume then that Jesus, her son, was an illegitimate child, right? And so he would not be treated well because of that. There were very real consequences even for her son. And she lived in a poor family, so if Joseph most likely decided to divorce her, there were some financial consequences for her, even on top of being poor already. And so Mary, she's a smart Jewish girl. She knows what she's saying yes to, and she knows the mental load of questions and stress that is just going to start filtering in about how is this all going to work out, God, because I just said yes to something that, like, everybody is going to be against. And even her own life could be in danger. So why did Mary say yes? What grounded her to say, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I think that Mary was prepared because she really knew God. She identifies herself with her own words that she is God's servant. We can imagine like, She she trusts the faithfulness of her God. That she trusts his blessings, that she trusts his mercy, she trusts how he is going to work these situations out. Not long after this encounter, very quickly after this encounter, Um, with Gabriel and the angel, she takes off and heads to uh, Elizabeth. This is her cousin to share this news and probably to find some sanity in this situation, right? She's like, who can I share this with that will actually believe me and not take me as a crazy woman, right? So Elizabeth recently had an experience with an encounter and an angel with her husband so elizabeth they're old she cannot have children she is barren and her husband is a priest and he is visited by an angel who says you are going to conceive with your wife a special son and you're going to give birth to this special son And so she knows, okay, something has happened with my cousin Elizabeth. I can at least go find, uh, you know, some um, refuge there. So she takes off, goes to see Elizabeth, and as she approaches Elizabeth, Elizabeth's child in her jumps, and the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth. And Elizabeth just starts blessing Mary and says, Mary, you're blessed for believing God's word and that the things he said about you are going to come true. And so she just blesses her. And then right in response, Mary shows us the depth of her faith and the courageous woman that she is. So she goes, she bursts into song and this is what she says. And Holy One. And she trusts that God is invading earth to restore God's people through mercy, through peace, and through justice. Now, Mary, she is singing this song, she is declaring this song as a person whose voice is really from the bottom of society, right? She's from a poor, obscure Jewish village. But she is proclaiming, hey, justice has arrived for our people because the, the powers that were in control of the Jewish people, they've been oppressed for a, for a long time. They've been heavily taxed and treated poorly and unfairly. And the tyrant, Herod, he is the current king of Israel, and Mary is declaring that his days are over, that his power is over, that he will be brought down. And those words are dangerous words, okay? We, we look at this Song of Mary as like a nice liturgy that we recite in church, and it no doubt is something that we do recite and say. But these are dangerous words that she is speaking. Can you imagine these words getting back to Herod or to his sons who are hoping to inherit his throne? These words are saying, you are no longer going to be king. There is a power that is going to come and take your power and somebody else is going to be king. Well, do you know how that's punished? By crucifixion, somebody that's going to overthrow power. These are are serious, bold words. She is not the innocent, peaceful, loving Mary that we picture. She is a bold, courageous, kind of fiery woman who is willing to say, God, your day has come. The things that you said in the past are coming true today, and I'm willing to say yes to it all. She's echoing some of the words that were um, spoken in today's Advent reading from Isaiah, that the Messiah will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked." She knows the Torah, she knows the prophecies, and she is speaking them out that the day has come. They're words of of protest, really, rebellion against the current king, that his days are numbered. But the same spirit that rested on Jesus rested on Mary, to be bold, to go forth in this risky plan of God. Despite the very real fear, despite the very real consequences and judgment, Mary faced her fear and said yes to God's plan. She knew her identity as a child of God, submitted to him, She knew his faithfulness to act on behalf of his people. She trusted his goodness. She trusted his mercy. She knew that something greater and bigger could come despite what probably she could see with her eyes right there in her context. So this Advent, we reflect on our own fears and what we are facing in saying yes to God's plan? How is he directing you to say yes? And what kind of fear rises up in saying yes to the things that he is calling you? What could keep you from an act of obedience in saying yes to God? What do you notice in your own life? You know, this Advent, we get to consider Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we get to look alongside with her with those Advent eyes of saying yes, that the arrival of Jesus, it changes everything. And we can look past our fear just like Mary looked past her fear to say yes to what Jesus is calling us to So I invite you to look with those bold, courageous, fiery eyes like Mary and say, yes, God, what could you do in this circumstance, in this circumstance, or in this circumstance if I just give you my submitted yes? Let's look with eyes like Mary did. Let's pray. Jesus, Your arrival changed everything. And sometimes we act like it and sometimes we don't. But God, would you open our eyes afresh this Advent season to think and meditate and act like your arrival has changed everything. And what your arrival means for our life God, we say yes to being interrupted by you, and we say yes to the things that you are calling us to and the things that we feel hesitant to say yes to. God, give us courage and strength and boldness. And Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence, and we want to engage in this relationship of worship right now. And so would you come and visit us and fill us as we worship you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.